Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peace, joined as usual with Carson Gordy. And today we have a special guest from the Star Tribune in Wyoming. It's Ryan Thorburn. Uh, how's it going, Ryan? Thanks for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. Good to be with you guys. So what's it like covering the Wyoming football team? I know that you said you've been there for a couple of years. What's it like covering them and this uh, hard head coach that you have? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I actually grew up in Wyoming and went to Wyoming. And then uh, after I got done, I worked in Boulder for 13 years covering the Broncos and then the Buffs. And then the last eight years before I came back home, I was covering Oregon for the Register Guard in Eugene. So I've been away for a long time. And now that I'm back, it, it's it's kind of strange, but, you know, just I followed the team from afar and, you know, obviously I knew that Craig Bull had wild success at North Dakota state. And if you recall the time he was hired at Wyoming nine years ago, you know, a lot of national writers were surprised he was going to Wyoming and thought maybe he would be in the big 10, you know, building a program somewhere in the big 10. So, you know, I think it's just a, it's a good fit because he's kind of a, a hard nosed guy and Wyoming fans like the fact that his whole philosophy is built on running the ball and, being physical and and that sort of thing now as they win six seven eight games most years and go to you know minor bowl games there is a faction of the fan base that would like to see them open it up a little bit and get more creative on offense and maybe you know take a step closer to winning a mountain west championship which is really the only thing that's eluded him and i know you guys up in illinois are, are going through that same experiment right now after kind of a, a subpar passing year, trying to mix it up with a new offensive coordinator. So uh, Wyoming's not doing that. They're going to run the ball. They're going to use tight ends and fullbacks and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, the fit between Craig Bull and Wyoming is a good one. And uh, you know, it is interesting covering him because he's old school, but I think he does respect um, newspapers and, and journalists and stuff like that, even though he gets, cranky sometimes Wyoming used to be known as like the stepping stone for a lot of coaches like Joe Tiller had a lot of success at Wyoming and really used like the air raid offense so like this year like it's gonna be a smash mouth approach but what do you expect from the quarterback position for Wyoming yeah that's really an area where they've struggled since uh they had a guy named Josh Allen you might have heard of I think he's decent is he on the bills is yeah, that- I think he's on the Bills. He's he's uh, a fantasy football guy. No, um, yeah, obviously they hit a home run with Josh Allen and, and that kind of put him on the map. And he pretty much carried them to a Mountain West Championship game in, in 2016 and had them in the mix for that again in 17 and then and suffered an injury and they lost some games they shouldn't have uh, when he was out. So since he left, you know, five years ago, they've really struggled at the quarterback position, finding that replacement just having anyone efficient, um, both guys that started last year have transferred out and they're the guy we're expecting. Now, both coaches obviously are playing the cloak and dagger. We're not naming a starter thing, but I think we all know it. it's probably going to be Andrew Peasley for Wyoming, Utah State transfer. And I'm guessing you guys probably think it's going to be the Syracuse transfer to Illinois. So um, that's the age we live in. Transfer guys come in, they go out and they think Peasley is much more accurate. Uh, he's a quicker runner than the, the other guys they had last year, Sean Chambers and Levi Williams, who transferred to Utah State of all places. Uh, Peasley has joked it's the 
first trade in college football history. Um, but anyway, those guys were bigger guys. He's smaller, but quicker and more accurate. So they're going to want him to pass maybe 20 times in this game and complete 15 of them. And if he does that, they'll have a shot. If he doesn't, it could be a long day. So Wyoming was obviously hit pretty hard by the transfer portal this year. One of those guys being Isaiah Nayer, who went to Texas. I don't know if I'm pro uh, pronouncing his name properly, but he averaged 20 yards per catch last year and he had 12 scores. So that's a big loss. So what's the receiving core looking like for the Cowboys this year? Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of program Wyoming has. I mean, Josh Allen had zero stars coming out. Nobody wanted him. He went to junior college. Wyoming was the only team that wanted him after his year at junior college. Nayor was the same way, just lightly recruited Texas guy, comes to Wyoming. And last year, obviously, he was looking like a five-star guy. Now he's at Texas. Unfortunately for him, he tore an ACL during their scrimmage, so he's he's out this year. But uh, both quarterbacks last year really just leaned heavily into Nayor, went in obvious passing situations. The whole stadium knew it was going to him. The defensive coordinators knew it was going to him. And he still had that kind of success. And they airmailed some balls over his head where he would add more success. So it's going to be more by committee this year. They don't have a star like that. They're going to spread the ball around. The tight end room is their best room on this team. So they're going to probably finally utilize those guys, not only as run blockers, but catching the ball. And, and that's what Peasley needs is some bootlegs to the big tight ends and then spread it around. They have a couple of veteran guys. Joshua Cobbs, is, who played alongside Nayor, will now be the number one guy. And then uh, they have a guy named Wyatt Wheeland, who's been around forever, but he's going to be more of that possession receiver. And they have uh, you know a freshman from St. Louis, Caleb Merritt. I don't know if he'll play in this game other than special teams, but he's going to be a factor this year. He's a speedy guy from St. Louis. And uh, you know I know he'll have a lot of family going up to Illinois. So um, they have some weapons, but there's not going to be a stud receiver like Naor. So on the offensive side of the ball, it seems like it's going to be three yards in a cloud of dust. But what about defensively? Last season, Wyoming kind of struggled defending the run, right? 99th in the country. Illinois really wants to run the ball with Chase Brown and their offensive line. So what adjustments have Wyoming made, the Cowboys, to get a more stout run defense? Yeah, I mean, they lost a lot on defense from last year, and some of it could be addition by subtraction. You know, they lost both corners and three defensive ends to the portal. And then Chad Muma, their middle linebacker, All-American, was drafted by the Jaguars. So they have a really young group and a lot of new guys in there. Um, the Mike linebacker is Easton Gibbs, who moves over from the weak side. I think they really like him. He's not an NFL prototype like Muma or Logan Wilson before him, but he's going to be a hundred tackle type of guy. He's really fast. And they love their interior of their defensive line with Cole Goodbow, who's from the state of Wisconsin, a big, he dreamed obviously of playing for Wisconsin. Now he gets a chance to, to show out in a big 10 game and Jordan Bernoulli, the, the other defensive tackle there, they really were great last year and they, kind of ruined the spring game because they were just blowing everything up. So they feel good about the, the middle of the defense and they replaced the corners with, you know, Ja'Cory Hawkins from Ole Miss and Deron Harrell from Wisconsin. So they used the portal the other way there and feel good about that. But defensive end is really a problem. Now I know Illinois, if they run the ball and they want to run it up the middle, that that could be an interesting matchup, but defensive end they've lost 
you know, all those portal guys. And then they had their best defensive end, Sebastian Harsh, suffer what sounds like a pretty serious injury last week. So he's out for this game for sure. And uh, so I think that's something Illinois is probably aware of and can exploit if they really want to pass the ball and, and try their new um, offensive coordinators type of scheme. But, you know, when push comes to shove, I'm sure both teams are going to want to just establish the run and go from there. So Bowles is a defensive guy, right? Former defense coordinator at Nebraska. What's kind of his philosophy? Is it an aggressive approach? Is it man coverage, zone coverage? Like what should fans expect to see on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, with the previous corners, they were able to leave those guys on an island a lot and, and rush with four. Um, I think with this group and the defensive ends being such a liability or at least an unknown, uh, I think you're going to see their defensive coordinator, Jay Savell, try to um, change things up a little bit, blitz a little bit more than they did last year. You know, they have a, a nickel named Keontae Glint Glinton, who I think could be a good blitzer. They're going to have to with, with their defensive end situation until they can find some guys. And they weren't great rushing the passer last year, even though they had a bunch of super seniors. So um, that is going into this game, the glaring weakness for Wyoming on defense is the pass rush from the edge. And it'll be interesting to see how they try to uh, alleviate that or if they have to. I mean, they, they've really been talking about, you know, studying the, the Roadrunners tape to figure out this coordinator. And also, you know, Bull knows Bielema quite well and knows he's an offensive line run the ball guy. So I think Illinois has that edge and that Wyoming's really not sure exactly what they're going to try to do to him. Yeah, so the line on ESPN opened up at Illinois minus 10, which is probably a lot closer than some people thought. Surely everyone in Champaign thought it would be a little bit bigger than that. So, I mean, what do you think Wyoming has to do to make this thing competitive? Do you just have to run the ball and hope to, you know, exploit an unproven Illinois defense? Or, you know, is there more than that? I think Craig Bull, or maybe it was their offensive coordinator, one of them summed it up best that, you know, they have such a young team. They're the third youngest team in the FBS this year after being the third oldest last year. So there's so much new and so many guys, even though Peasley's a veteran, he's new to Wyoming, new to starting. They just can't make fatal mistakes, you know, and that's what they did last year, particularly in the Boise state game. I mean, they could have won that game at Boise. It wasn't a great Boise team, but they just had so many false starts and, you know, did not execute in the middle eight kicking field goals and allowing a field goal and just, self-imploded and that's what they can't do they can't have turnovers and penalties they just have to play clean and they'll be in the game so uh what's a nice score prediction what do you got who's winning well the deadline guy and me wants billima and bull to do what they do and run the ball and have like a two hour and 30 minute game along those lines and be like 2017 and and i don't think it'll be much more than that i think with illinois offense they're going to try to do some things and maybe they can exploit you know the new corners and and Wyoming's you know defensive end situation so you know I think Illinois will probably um, take advantage of Wyoming's injury situation and just the inexperience and probably push it up to you know about you know 27 17 something like that so before we let you go, what's a, what's a game day like at Wyoming? I mean, you know, how, how much uh, fan involvement is there? Like, is the tailgating scene big? Do, do they fill up the stadium? What's it, what's it like at Wyoming? Is there a lot of uh, Liz Cheney shirts all around? <laughs> <laughs> we, 
Well, they're taking down the signs now uh, after the election. So um, it's, uh, you know, Wyoming is the, the University of Wyoming is the only four-year university in the whole state. Wyoming is the least populated state in the union. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty vast. Like, you know, moving him here from Oregon, like my daughter had a tennis trip the other day to Gillette, Wyoming, and she left at 5 a.m. and got back at 9 p.m. And I told her that's like, your high school in Eugene playing in Seattle. It's just crazy how big the state is, but, but on game, those six Saturdays, you know, they get, I want to say it's the third, the war Memorial stadium when it's full, which is like 33,000 is like, you know, the third or fourth largest city in, in, in the state during that three hour period. So, yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's like a, a mini big 10, I guess you would say. I mean, people drive from all over and, you know, it's, they do have great tradition. They haven't been good consistently in a long time. I think Bulls brought some consistency back, but you know it's a great atmosphere. And I mean, I highly recommend checking it out someday. It's uh, it's definitely if it, if this game was in Laramie, you would feel a lot different about it. With you know Illinois having to play at seven thousand two hundred and twenty feet, that is a big advantage for Wyoming. Do, uh, do Wyoming fans travel well? Can we expect a little bit of is it yellow and brown in the in Memorial Stadium in Champaign or no? Yeah, I think they will have uh, a small but loud contingent. And, you know, they do have, you know, a number, you know, Craig Bull a long time ago was an assistant at Wisconsin. You know, obviously he's a Nebraska guy and they're in the Big Ten now. And, and both their coordinators have coached in the Big Ten. And, and they've really started to go into that footprint and get guys from Wisconsin and Minnesota and Illinois, you know, they're, I think they're tied into Jackson Marcotts from Illinois. He's a really good player. So, you know, with those families and just that whole thing, I, and, and I know there's probably a number of uh, Wyoming alumni in Chicago. I think they'll probably have, you know, at least a thousand or a couple thousand people there. Yeah. Compared to what, you know, Memorial stadium in Champaign usually fills up, which is not that many might be a good representation. You never know. Yeah. I mean, how do you guys, I'm just curious, I haven't been to Champaign, you know, I've been to Chicago a number of times, but um, how do they feel about Bielema? I think on paper, this could be the right guy if he can recapture that magic he had at Wisconsin. Just, is there a buzz about this or is it, are they, are the fans kind of waiting until, you know, a big 10 opponent comes in? Yeah, they're kind of waiting until basketball season, but um, okay. no, they like Brett because Brett brings a certain energy that was gone under Lovey Smith. Like Lovey Smith, it was lethargic. You know, the press conferences, the in-state recruiting. Like it seems like Bielema cares. So Bielema builds a staff. You know, people think he's a proven winner after Wisconsin. So people are giving him a chance. I would say that people are cautiously optimistic, though, just because the past couple decades of Illinois football has not been stellar. Yeah, I would say that last year there were definitely a few question marks in the fan base because – Brett made some questionable decisions on fourth down that he defended, um, you know, botched his offensive coordinator hired nothing against him. Great man. But Tony Peterson wasn't the right guy for the job, but luckily for the pessimist pessimistic fans at the time, he changed his mistakes on the field. He changed halfway through the season. Then the only hot, uh, coaching change he made this year was getting Barry Lunny to replace Tony Peterson. So, you know, he's attacking the state, even though he went to, for recruiting wise, even though he went to Iowa, he is an Illinois guy. He's from Prophetstown, which is in the Northwest corner of the state. So he really, really cares. And Illinois fans can sense that. I mean, every guy that stayed with Brett uh, 
after playing for Lovey Smith said the vibe in the locker room is much better. You know, it, it's a game changer. So I think people really like him. But it does seem like with both programs, not opening up the offense has not been good for the programs. Yeah. It, it seems like Illinois has been handcuffed by running smash mouth. And even with Josh Allen, what do you throw, like 13 touchdowns his senior year? Like, I don't even know if he broke 20. I mean, it was limited with even Josh Allen. Yeah, they had, you know, three or four other guys on that Josh Allen team in 16 that are in the NFL, and they didn't win the Mountain West. Now, San Diego State was pretty loaded that year, too. But to not win the Mountain West with Josh Allen seems uh, seems like a, a failure, given what he's done in the NFL. And a lot of that is, you know, I mean, they did pass a lot more during that era, but he was still handcuffed to some degree. And you know, I think Saturday will be interesting. I think both teams are catching each other at a good time. Wyoming has all the newness and, you know, Lumi might get it going at some point, but will they be ready to roll on offense and change things up game one? Maybe, maybe not. So I think that'll be interesting to see which team can kind of take advantage of this situation. I know, you know, Wyoming probably doesn't want to play Bielema and year five or something like that if he actually does get it going so the timing could be interesting for this game uh last thing craig bull he's 64 years old do you think that he'll just be the wyoming coach until he decides to retire could you see him going somewhere else could you see him getting fired i mean is bull just going to be there until he's done with football i think he i think they're stuck with each other wyoming's stuck with him he's stuck at wyoming and i don't think he minds that and you know as long as they keep stay consistent and are able to figure the portal out, you know, because they're going to get poached, you know, year after year. And, you know, luckily they were able to attract some pretty good players in the other direction and finally open their arms to the portal. Well, that'll be the key. Does he get frustrated by this era of attrition every off season or, or can he build it back up and, and challenge for the Mountain West? I think he'd like to retire. I don't think he wants to retire until they win the Mountain West. And, uh, you know, going into this year, it doesn't look like that's going to be uh, in 2022. But if this young core can develop and they keep it together for next year, you know, maybe 23 is looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's three and one in Bulls, and that $1.5 million salary is pretty good too for him. So, absolutely. All right, no, Ryan. Well, income tax in Wyoming either. Exactly. All right, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for going on. Uh, good luck to you and shout out the Star Tribune in Wyoming. But yeah, Ryan, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Maybe I'll see you Saturday. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. So Ryan Thorburn comes on. Uh, clearly knows what he's talking about. Yep. Knowledgeable guy in Wyoming. I don't get the sense that he thinks this Illinois team is very good. No, not at all. He thinks that they stink. He thinks that it's going to take time for Lunny to do the offense, but he did point out some serious flaws within Wyoming. It's very young. It's a very young and experienced team. And he pretty much said the trench play is not going to perform well defensively. That means Chase Brown has the potential to get 150, 160 yep. yards like, I'm kind of sensing worst case for Illinois, it'll be a game like a Charlotte last year. You know, sloppy first half, but at the end of the day, Josh McCray, Chase Brown, they're, they're going to pull through for Illinois. I really don't know if he did as much research as he could have into, like, Chase Brown, Chase Brown and Josh yeah. McCray because he knew that, like, Brown's good and right. he mentioned his name, but 
you know anything about the guy, I mean, he's not always running down the middle, kind of like Ryan said. Yeah. Uh, he likes to attack the outside. And if Wyoming has this inexperience on the defensive line and the linebacker positions, Chase Brown could have a field day. Chase Brown could have a field day. And most importantly, if the pressure isn't on Danny DeVito, he's going to have time to make passes to Casey Washington, yeah. to Isaiah Williams. Because that's the one thing we talked about yesterday on the radio show. Danny, uh, Tommy DeVito's Achilles heel at Syracuse was not performing well under pressure. But if Wyoming can't blitz him, he's going to have time to, you know, find the open wide receiver. Yeah, and especially because these receivers are going to be defended by a couple of corners yeah. in the secondary that were not very good at the Power 5 level. Yeah. I mean, you get guys from Ole Miss and Wisconsin, obviously Ole Miss is in the SEC. You see them going against teams like Georgia and Alabama and stuff, but these guys do not seem to be proven no. at all. I mean, basically, and I think this goes extremely to Illinois' advantage, they're going against guys that don't have a bunch of Power 5 experience. Uh, just on paper, this should be an easy game for Illinois yeah. because offensively, Wyoming isn't going to challenge you. Let's look at the games last year. Who killed Illinois offensively? UTSA, spread offense. Virginia, spread offense. They lost Wisconsin 24-0, but that's just because Wisconsin has huge trenches, the, wide, you know, the running backs. The off. defense didn't have a bad game. And the defense, was, yeah. No, the defense for Illinois did not play that bad against Wisconsin. Look, you know, Illinois last year shut down Minnesota. So Wyoming, on paper, this offense will not challenge Brian Walter's defense, or it should not. No. So it, it's really going to be up to, you know, does the running game, can they open up holes, you know, with the new additions to the offensive line? And then if you're looking defensively for Illinois, I mean, you're dealing with a Wyoming team that, again, is just super inexperienced. Like, yeah. their quarterback is a transfer from Utah, Utah State, State, I believe. It was kind of like a swap. Right. He is not – his big problem is accuracy. He doesn't have a number one wide receiver. There was like no wide receiver depth with Wyoming last year and they lost their top guy to Texas. And yeah, the running game could be good. Okay, so then you look at guys like Seth Coleman, Tariq Barnes at the linebacker position, Keith Randolph, you know, to have a good game against this uh, low power five team. And yeah. I think that they're capable of it. But I do think one thing like this Illinois football program just kind of seems paranoid at times, you know, kind of telling people what the offensive game plan is. We didn't know the offense that was going to be run last year with no. Tony Peterson. They wanted, you know, they didn't want to give any secrets to Nebraska. So if Brett Bielema thinks this game's in the bag against the Wyoming team, he might be satisfied just giving the ball 25 times to Chase Brown, win 24 to 3, and head into Indiana. Yeah, no, if we see, you know, Illinois go up something like 14, 21, nothing or 21 to three in the first half, you could probably see Illinois just like go to the basics and not reveal too much, you know, before going to Bloomington on the right. road to play Indiana week one of the college football season, which is going to be Indiana's first game, but game two for Illinois. You know, Lunny has made it clear in the spring game and through his conferences, he wants to put the ball in the best people's hands. So if Isaiah has a good first half and Chase Brown has a good first half, I'm not saying they won't play in the second half, but it could be more of a Josh McCray, Pat Bryant, maybe tight end focused game rather than let's put the ball in our best players' hands. And I know this was five years ago, but even when Josh Allen was on the team, they struggled against power five competition. Yeah. Iowa beat them 24 to three. Oregon, I think, beat them by over 40 points. They only scored 13 points against the Ducks defense. They, Wyoming performs well in their own conference, where the trench play is probably above average or way above average against their competition. But playing a Big Ten team, playing those Pac-12 teams, I don't think Wyoming has the talent 
or the strength to really, you know, consistently compete against one of those programs. Yeah, and I think, you know, Ryan clearly knows this Wyoming team very well, even before they've put a lot of guys on the field for the first time, or at least in a Cowboy uniform. And he's right in the sense that, you know, winning six, seven, eight games a year under Craig Bull is really, really good. But I think that he's more comparing the stats to other Mountain West teams and not, you know, big power five teams. So yes, Illinois is pretty bad, like on paper against, you know, big 10 teams, but you're looking at stats between conferences and stuff like that that's why i think that illinois has a bigger advantage you know than ryan said against wyoming he gave a score prediction i'm pretty sure he said 20 to 17 he said 20 to 17 at first but then he changed it to a little bit bigger illinois. yeah he thinks illinois is gonna win he thinks illinois is gonna win but he thinks it's gonna be close the only reason why i think it would be close is because illinois decisions make it close yeah such as just running the ball maybe penalties first game sloppy but this is a game, I mean, 10-point favorites. If I'm a better, I'm taking the points if I'm Illinois. I will give Wyoming 10 points. I think Illinois is going to win a game 27-6. I was going to say 27-10. Yeah. I think that I could see Wyoming scoring a late touchdown. I think Wyoming's going to struggle to score the ball. I yeah. really do because Ryan Walters has figured teams out before getting on the field before. I know that last year wasn't the best start, but Nebraska had a lot of trouble scoring against Illinois. Yeah. That was Walters' you know, first game as Illinois D.C., I really think it's going to be hard to score when you have an inexperienced quarterback, a very limited receiving core, an inexperienced offensive line. And yes, they have a good running back, but Illinois isn't exactly struggling in the defensive line area right now compared to smaller positions. Defensive line was good last year. It was. All right. Well, at least we both have Illinois winning. At least we're not, you know, questioning. Well, they lose this one, they're in trouble. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, Shout out to Ryan for coming on from the Star Tribune in Wyoming. Carson and Josh, this has been the Daily Illini Sports Podcast.